Thanks for listening to Making It Queer. Making It Queer is a Level Ground podcast. Level Ground is an arts and culture collective that is collaborating with artists to inspire empathy and friendship across societal divisions. You can support Level Ground by becoming a member for just $5 a month. Learn more about the perks of membership and sign up at onlevelground.org forward slash membership. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of the Making It Queer podcast. Um, If you've been listening to the recent episodes, you know that we're covering films at OutFest this year here in Los Angeles. Uh, Today, we're delighted to have the team behind, or part of the team behind We the Animals, a fantastic new film that is premiering, uh, not premiering at um, OutFest. When is it playing at OutFest? Is it Saturday? Saturday. The centerpiece. Saturday, okay. Saturday at 8 at the DGA. And you're hearing director Jeremiah Zagar. 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 Uh, we're also joined by Raul Castillo and Sheila Van. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thanks for having, having us. us. So we talked a little bit about the uh, the format of the podcast before we started recording. So if we could just go around and just tell us a little bit about who are you? You want me first? Sure. My name is Jeremiah Zagar. I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, South Philadelphia, not so far from where Rocky was born. Um, <laughs> but I had a very different upbringing than him. Um, and uh, now I live in New York City. Um, I'm a filmmaker. I have uh, a company called Public Record with uh, a partner of mine, uh, Jeremy Yakis. He produces everything we do. And uh, we make mostly documentaries. I've made mostly documentaries. And We the Animals is uh, my first narrative feature. It's a great first feature. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And did you always want to go into filmmaking? Yes. In your life? Well, I wanted to be, when I was like six, I wanted to be a marine biologist. <laughs> Me too. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So cute. So, I love to swim and, you know, like the underwater. And, uh, but then uh, it's also an immersive experience, yeah. you know, marine yeah. biology. And then I found film and film is also an immersive experience. Um, and I was like, you know, um, it, I was like a fat kid, you know, and I was, uh, I was not so... So I didn't smell good. So I would just spend most of my time in movie theaters alone and, you know, and, and, uh, and it really was like a, a better world for me. And I was like, I could, I, I really wanted to be a, um, I really wanted to be a, a film critic and then, but I'm dyslexic. So I, I, I write really, you know, I, I, I can't write quickly. I have to get people to check all my stuff. So then I thought I'd be a video store clerk. Um, yeah, I got fired. So filmmaking was like a, <laughs> it was like a Worked last resort. To. It was yeah. really a last. It was like this is all I'm going to be able to do. This is my only shot, so I better try this. You got to get this right. Yeah. <laughs> How about yourself, Sheila? Uh, okay, I um, I'm a first generation Iranian American, and I grew up mostly in the Bay Area, Northern California, and then came back to to LA for school. And and then a few years ago, I moved to New York, um, in pursuit of more more meaningful work. And I kind of I wanted to get away from the epicenter of our industry because I felt like that was overshadowing um, my creative pursuits and like the things that satisfied me creatively. So. I moved out. I feel like I successfully found better films and films that mattered more. And um, yeah, what else about me? I don't know. 
I'm an actress and an artist and a person. It's great, yeah. <laughs> Raul? Um, I'm Raul Castillo. I play the character of Pops and Media Animals. I, I'm from uh, McAllen, Texas, uh, in the Rio Grande Valley, South Texas, which is uh, was a quiet, sleepy little town uh, that no one ever heard of when I was growing up, and now it seems yeah. to be on everyone's lips uh, these days, um, you know, for many reasons. But I lived in New York for 15 years. I'm actually getting close to living in New York as long as I lived in Texas, which is really messing with my identity. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, uh, I'm really excited to be back at Outfest. Uh, with, uh, this is the LA premiere of We the Animals, mm -hmm. actually. So it's kind of cool to be uh, debuting the, the, the movie here and, and at this particular festival. Uh, both Sheila and I have been with been to the festival with different projects throughout the years, and the festival's been really good to me. And, and, and uh, this is like, it's kind of a dream to come back like this with this particular film, which is really special. So. Uh, it's good to be back. That's cool. Yeah. So we're going to do a deep dive into the film, We the Animals, and it's going to kind of replace our second conversation with what do you do because this is obviously what you're doing at the moment. Uh, talk to us about the genesis of the project. It's based on a novel by Joshua Torres. Justin. Justin Torres, sorry. Justin Torres. Um, how, did, how did you come across the novel? How did, how did the project kind of land with all of you? Well, I was in a bookstore, um, and... It's called McNally Jackson. It's in Soho. And they have like a We Recommend table. Mm -hmm. And um, it was on the table. I picked it up. And I read the first page. And the first page is amazing. I mean, the whole book's amazing. But the first page is amazing. And then I went to the cafe. They have a little cafe. Um, so I stole the book. And <laughs> I read it in the cafe like while I had a coffee. And I just couldn't put it down. I mean, it's, it's 100 pages. So it's not like, you know, you can read it in a cafe. Mm -hmm. um, and then I bought it. I bought actually six or seven copies and I gave one um, to my producer, Jeremy, and um, I gave one to Dan, my co-writer, and uh, and I called Justin and I was like, I have to make your film into a movie. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we met and I told him how I wanted to make the movie. Um, I told him, you know, that we wanted to get a bunch of people together and throw them in a house and make it feel messy and alive and crazy, just like the book. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I liked him and he liked me and, you know, it was just like, it was just a beautiful experience of meeting a, a person I saw eye to eye with. Um, and, and then we were off to the races. And how did, had you all worked together before or was this, yeah. so how did you guys? I, re I read in, uh, 2015 actually for the, for, for Jeremiah and what I later found out was Justin in the room. And I was so grateful I didn't know it was Justin when I was auditioning because I have such reverence for writers that I think I would have spazzed out or gotten nervous. And um, yeah, the script came my way and, and, I, and I, I saw Jeremiah's and Dan's name on it and I was like reading it. And I was like, wait, what the hell is this? Like, I, I kind of didn't get it at first. It had, this we it had this weird perspective and it moved in a way that was like kooky and, and, and I... And I and then this guy, this character, I was like, wait, who, what is he? He does these really shitty things. And I'm like, wait, what, what is this thing? And I, and I went back and flipped back to the cover and I was like, this has to have some source material because it, or what is this? It's too original. The world is too, what is it? What is it? And of course, I went back to the front page and I saw it based off the novel by Justin Torres and I was like, oh. And I Googled that and I sort of read a little bit about the novel and, and, uh, uh saw what a celebrated, like, piece of literature it was and, 
Then I continued reading it and fell in love with the story. And I realized, I recognized how much more complex the character was uh, than I at first kind of gave it credit for. Uh, and and uh, and then I, yeah, I came in and auditioned a couple of times. And, and then the, Jeremiah sat down, and I sat down in a cafe in, in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, he said that, they, they were interested in working with me, but they couldn't sign off until the bond company, until they had found the kid, something like that. They couldn't sign off on, on the adults until they found the Jonah, in essence, until they found Evan. And, uh, but he said they were interested in working with me. And I remember I left that meeting really excited. I was, and, and I walked down to uh, the now defunct Court Street Books bookstore on, on Court Street in, in the Cobble Hill. And, uh, I picked up the novel, the same thing. I just read it in one sitting and I fell in love with it. And, and, uh, and then I went back and I read the script and realized how loyal it was to the to the book. And, and then uh, I came in. I never thought I was going to get cast. I never thought I was going to get cast in this book. I did not think I was going to get cast. I went, I went to the audition and I was like, fuck it, it's a great, you know, story. Uh, like, it's a really great character. It's fun. It's like, but they're not going to cast me, but I'm going to have fun with it. Like, you know, and I, so I threw caution to the wind. I auditioned with this, one of the scenes in the book that's really... A really beautiful scene, and I and I and I and I had a good time. Luckily, didn't know Justin was in the room because uh, I think I would have been a lot more nervous. That's great, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That was. Mm. I had a, I, I, it came to me kind of through the traditional channels as well. At first, mm. I also, I mean, similarly was like floored by it when I read it, and also at that time in my life was I was so thirsty for better writing and work that mattered. And um, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, these characters are so developed and dimensional and complicated and juicy. And and I also am a person who has, um, you know, um, kind of a natural tendency towards things that are more imaginative and and poetic. Like I, those makes more sense to me than, than linearity sometimes. And I loved that the script wasn't afraid of being poetic and and um, it yeah I was I was just I was really excited by that and and it was it seemed to not be taking the easy path in any way and so many things I work on often play it safe or make cheap choices and at every turn I felt like this film and both Justin and Jeremiah were were really unafraid of of difficult conversations and nuances and complexities. And I was, I was really craving for that at the time, mm -hmm. but I, I came and I was the last person to get cast and it was like a bit of a process. So I, I had like the kind of more traditional audition. Mm -hmm. Then I had a chemistry audition with the kids and then I had a chemistry audition with Raul. I think Jeremiah struggled with casting this role. Um, and I, you know, I was mostly in a state of, abject fear and absolute terror throughout the audition process because I wanted it so fucking badly mm. and I don't usually get what I want usually because of how bad I want the thing my nerves I have a bad nervous system um, and but like you know Jeremiah took the time to get to know me and make sure that I I could do it and that we could do it together and um, and I, I didn't read the book until I got the part. I was too afraid of the heartbreak of not getting it and getting too attached to it. And then as soon as I read the book, it was the same thing. It just like not only reinforced all the things I loved about the script, but would just like, I had never done it. I'd never done an adaptation like that before. So I was excited to have like an entire instruction manual on a character. 
Um, and I'm so proud to be part it's of great. it. <laughs> it's one of those rare films that the beauty of the cinematography it matches the beauty of the performances that they kind of elevate each other. And you two are incredible. And but it's no secret that the kids are just fantastic too, right? Yeah. So what was I'm gonna I'm gonna try to lump a few questions about that process in a, in a big question. So first off, what was the process of casting them like, and and how did you find them, and what was it like working with them on set because it's such a volatile film, right? There are moments of that swing from violence to to tenderness, and, and I'm thinking in particular of this sequence where. Uh, Pops is away for a few days, right? And and Ma's bedridden, and they're just left to fend for themselves. So was that a process where you said, okay, go and do what you would do, or how much direction? So I'm mean, I'm fascinated with that relationship. Yeah, we just let them fend for themselves. <laughs> we just let, we were just like you won't eat for a couple of days, and you just go for it. Um, we cast them. Um, we cast them over a year and a half. We saw. Um, a thousand kids, um, young men. Uh, we had this amazing grassroots casting director named Marlena Scrobe, um, who was my intern or our intern at Public Record. And then she uh, she went to every school and parade and um, and community center she could. Um, I tried to do it, and it's just like a an old bearded. Dude, <laughs> approaching <laughs> children on the street is not something you want to do. It's not a good look. Not a good look at all. Hey, kid, but, come here. <laughs> exactly. She was way better at it. Um, and um, we uh, we found Evan last, um, and he just was the role. Like he just is that kid. Um, he is the dreamy, beautiful person. Um, and, um, and we found, uh, Isaiah and, uh, Josiah early on, um, and they were both just amazing. I mean, they're just amazing young actors. Um, and, um, and then they spent a year and a half workshopping the movie together, um, with an acting coach named Noel Gentile, who's amazing. Um, so all these amazing people <laughs> working together really really made it possible. Um, and then um, and then we had Sheila and Raul, once everybody was cast, working with them as well. And I think Raul, uh, Sheila did an, an, an electric chemistry read with Raul, but then she also did a scene, the, the nine years old scene, the one that you're talking about, with Evan. And it was like the movie. I mean, it was really like the movie. It was like, oh, that's the movie. And you were it just was like, in Jeremiah's bed, really cool. which also, Normally shouldn't do. It was totally in my bed, and Raul came and did a scene in my bathtub like a year earlier. And I think actually that was sort of a weird prerequisite. Was like the movie was going to be so intimate and difficult, and it was like I needed to find actors that were down for that kind of intimacy and that were as excited about the project as these two actors were and these young kids were. I mean, also, you know, what, you, what we're talking about is like these kids doing this really difficult stuff. That's also about their parents being open to that. You know, it's like... That was another yeah. question. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Parents. Yeah. And then they were able to see... The other thing is like they were, you know, they've never acted before, but then they would watch Raul and Sheila like go for it, like really go for it. And they would, it made them want to act. 
So I, cool. I mean, there was like a scene where like Sheila hit Raul as hard as she could, and they were like, they couldn't believe it. I mean, it was like real. And I remember like I remember all the boys like. There was a scene in the back of the truck where Raul was crying and then all the boys suddenly were pretending to cry and trying to cry. And I was like, it was like this incredible like thing where like they were watching people act and understanding and getting this incredible training. And so by the end, they were really able to, they weren't, they weren't just non-actors. They, they you know, by, by shooting, they were actors. They're mm-hmm. for real actors yeah, now. Yeah. Like, and they can, they can summon their emotions in ways that like, I have no idea how yeah, you do it. Yeah. It's ama- they're amazing. I just think that the, you know, when we're when we're kids, uh, our, our the power of our imaginations is limitless. And as we get older, it, we start to close it off. And one of the great things about getting to do something like acting is that you actually get to go back to like that those muscles. And, and, and but for kids, it's like so easily accessible. I feel like their powers of imagination are incredible. And so they 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 we were we, we were lucky to have them. And see, we were so lucky to have them. They're awesome. Yeah, they, of course, you know, they bring just such an electricity and honesty that, like, it felt like a constantly re- constant reality check in a way. Like, I knew that if I could get them to buy what I was selling, like, anyone would, you know, but you can't really fool them. Yeah. And also just the way they look at you, like, sometimes I feel like actors, we go into a mode when the word action is called. And it makes sense because it is a craft and it is a performance, but for them, they're just right there. And when, when I look at any of them, and you know, particularly Evan, who has such big expressive eyes and such a sensitivity that comes directly through him, that it, it just, it rooted me in a way. Every time it's like, all I had to do is just look at them. And also, you know, I think like I'm a bit method as an actor and I, I do think the lines got a little blurry for me about being their mom. Like I still feel so emotional about these kids. And yeah. so like I have such a deep love for them that even confuses me sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, am I allowed? Like, am I allowed to like carry this over? Like we wrapped. <laughs> um, but I still see them and I still feel like all that love I conjured for the, for the role. And it's easy with them because they were so giving and curious yeah. and generous. And then at the same time, they're playing animals. Like the movie's called We the Animals. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah. and it, I feel like we cultivated and fostered a wildness that then we had to contend with. <laughs> Totally. They were wild. They were really wild. Yeah. So how... Don't give a kid Red Bull on a movie. <laughs> That's nice. amazing. I mean, give or it to them. them. They took it. They took it. They took it. Yeah. Uh, how... You talk about this being an intimate film and the relationship between the parents and the children is so close, but a lot of the power that the parents have over the situation is due to their absence, right? Or the way that the situation has presented itself to these children. How did you... Uh, both direct or how did you prepare to 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 do that to to kind of strike that balance between you being there as parents and present but also knowing that for a lot of the film and a lot of their life that you're not there well in terms of like how we the the dynamic because i've never directed a narrative film before and i don't really know how to or didn't know how to i'm I was like, let's just make it as much of a documentary as we can, basically, or like that experience should be as real as possible. So, you know, Raul and Sheila lived together and the boys lived all in one room together. Um, And, you know, it created this tremendous sense of intimacy um, and also a sense of separation that they could be okay without their parents. You know, like they had free reign in their, you know, weird netherworld. 
Um, It felt appropriate too, in the sense that like, I always felt like Ma and Pops, that was part of the way that they neglected them was that they just had so much shit to figure out with each other and on their own plate. Cause there was a time when I was like, Oh, I wish we were staying with the kids too. Mm. Or like, you know, I was like, I actually think this is a good thing that because there, there is in the story that the kids are left to their own devices so much. And then in the process, actually like we, we'd rap and we'd go off in our adult world. (laughs) And then I was like, actually this, this makes sense to me that, But then sometimes it would be weird that they were off on their own. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who's with the children? It's like, where are they shooting today? Where are they? Where are they? No. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I think, you know, the, there's also a tremendous amount of freedom that um, the countryside provides. Mm. And, um, and there's a tremendous amount of safety in the family of a film set. And, you know, the, the crew and, um, and, you know, everybody became everybody's family in a way, you know, they took care of those kids. And so like, you know, they had all these surrogate parents all of a sudden, all these people caring for them and like it allowed them to be free and wild in a way that was really exciting. I think you mentioned it briefly before I'm talking about the, the parents. Um, One of the things that we talked about before we um, met you all is um, we, we often talk about violent content or content with the explicit sexuality and the fear that a lot of people have is like, oh, but what about the children? What if they see this? How is it going to affect the children? But what we don't often talk about is are, are the films that children are actually in that deal with this kind of content. How did, how did you uh, interact with their parents or how did you talk to them about these very adult themes that are happening right in front of them? Well, Noelle, the acting coach, was also a sort of therapist, I think. She was just, like, really wonderful in that way, where she would really walk them through the steps, you know, what what they were going to see and what they were doing and that they were pretending. So the truth is, like, although the scenes were intense, like, super intense, I think they were also really fun for the kids to perform. Like, you know, I think it's, it's not like... It's like afterwards, they were pretty cool. Every once in a while, I think it really jostled them, but they had so much time to process and so many people that were, um, that were walking them through the emotions, um, and, and the thematics. And then also, you know, it all came back to a sense of purpose that everybody was trying to do honor to this unbelievable book. You know, and so yeah. they felt that too. They were like, "This has happened not to me. This happened to someone else, yeah. and I'm doing honor to to their their, you know, reimagined life." And you know, that's a really big responsibility, but it's also um, a tremendous honor for a kid to take on that kind of responsibility. And it made them mature you know, incredible people. Like I, the biggest honor of my career, or one of them at least, has just been watching them become these like unbelievably young men, beautiful young men, smart, you know, talented and, you know, and educated and thoughtful and, um, and just like the kind of people that we want, you know, really running this country. <laughs> yeah. It's um, speaking of, I mean, that's kind of a good, entry into our last question which can be can be both with the film your hopes for the film or the or the kind of the larger uh, body work that um, you've had and that you hope to have in the future is we, we ask how are you making it queer and then but that could be what in what ways are you seeking to do or be different uh, or do work that you, you keep talking about work that really matters you know yeah. you, you've said that a lot so I'd be interested to hear from from each of you you know, what your hopes are for the work that you do. You want me to start again? Sure. 
Um, well, you know, I think that, first of all, I think this is a queer film and, um, it's a queer film because it does honor to the book and the book is, um, is a, is a queer novel and, um, and a beautiful novel. And I think, you know, Dan also, my co-writer, um, is queer and he did an amazing job translating, um, the novel. Um, you know, I think in terms of, in terms of like, in terms of, you know, what I hope the movie accomplishes, you know, I hope people see it. I think the movie has no prescriptive answers. The movie is about questions. And I think, you know, if you, if, if our world is more about questions, we're going to live in a better world. If people are constantly questioning things rather than, you know, um, getting easy answers or responding to easy answers, you know, we're, we're going to make a better world. I would also like to make a better world. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm always much more interested and honestly more and more each day, like wanting to exclusively work with and be part of stories about marginalized people and minorities. And um, I want to, I want to do more work that is made by not only yeah, by, by all the minorities, like, uh, because I just, you know, I'm, I know that this is, this is the conversation right now, but I, I've, I do feel like I've been trying to have it forever, which is that there does need to be more representation and that it's really important to see, to see yourself on screen growing up and when you're a grown up and also not only representation for the sake of representation, but because that's actually is the most accurate portrait of who we are. And it is the most accurate portrait of America and American culture. And it's not like, I'm just like, you know, Oh, our voices are being ignored. It's just like our voices, they, they actually matter. Not just because they're, they're silenced, especially because they're silenced, but also it's the reality of being human. And it, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't, I think that it's a tough thing because, because acting, you know, the business side of it and the art side, you know, the thing that I do that is my greatest passion is also mixed up with what I do to make a living. And so I don't always get to do projects like this one, but but there's so much, there's so fulfilling for me. And I, I, I think it's, I, I'm excited for the day where like a money job doesn't have to mean it's a soul sucking job that like it can be both. Um, and we're seeing that right now. And a lot of the things winning Oscars and winning awards and being box office hits is that it's not just diversity to get points for diversity. It's diversity because that's what people want. That's what people are. Mm -hmm. And, and they're going to show up. So you can have a mainstream success and have it be art house and deep and difficult and all of those things. Um, that's what I want to be part of. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's exciting because it's yeah. also, it feels like people are, it's being embraced by the industry. I mean, I think we twisted their arm into it, but I don't give a shit. I'm like, I don't care if you're hiring me because you have to, or you want to yeah. <laughs> just do it already. And then later you're like, wow, they were so good. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Duh. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like this uh, character in this story are sort of emblematic of, the work that I want to do and what I mean by that is like uh, this character like you know like I said when I first read this, the, the script that was sort of abrasive and jarring and, and I and I and I was um, 
and he was showing a side of of a, of a Latino man that that um, that wasn't nice and easy, and 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 uh, uh, but I thought that Justin. In his telling of this character, really, even he he showed all these characters with all their flaws through a lens that had real compassion and empathy and understanding. While like I think Pops does, you know, horrific things in 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 our in our film um, that uh, you know people. I I don't think people are good or bad. I hate when people are like that's a bad person or that's a good person. It's like people are good and bad. We're both. We're all good and bad and we're complex and being human is complex and, and, and it's um, I just hope I, I get to continue to work on, on projects like this that that, that, um, that show the, the, the complexity of what it is to be a human being and and, 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 um, and get to portray characters where um, empathy is really the, 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 my in to this this character you know I have to try to understand him and not judge him um, and, and uh, yeah such a great story great character so, yeah. well Jeremiah Sheila and Roel thank you so much for for joining us this is great it's a great film um, if you're in Los Angeles you can see it at Outfest and if you're not you're in luck it's in theaters August 17th that's right correct yep. Orchard releasing yeah it comes out here in New York in LA and New York on August 17th and it'll roll out right throughout the rest of the country I am sure it will be in Mississippi even. I hope I think yeah, so I, I think so they're getting yeah. everywhere they're getting out they're, they're getting out there are a couple good theaters there um, <laughs> good, good. yeah we'll have links to that we'll have links to some of your other work on the show notes of the episode so people can check it out and thanks again for being with us thanks Making It Queer is produced in partnership with Old Man Media. Old Man Media is a digital content producer and marketing agency that specializes in story. To learn more, visit oldmanmedia.com. Making It Queer is hosted by Ryan Parker. This episode was produced by Chelsea Halligan and Old Man Media, with story help by me, Samantha Curley, at Level Ground. Music is provided by Ryan Amador. Don't forget to subscribe to Making It Queer wherever you get your podcasts. 